Thank God all of you are here. Or, I mean, Tammy and I would be happy to do church with just Barbara and Pam. That's okay. But, I mean, it's more encouraging if there's more people and there's a little bit more fire flowing in the room. You know, biblically, scripturally, as Christians, each one of us carry the presence of God, right? Amen. Okay, so if each one of us carries the presence of God, and the Bible says that out of your belly, or out of your innermost being, rivers of living water will flow. And the Bible says that Jesus was referring to the Holy Spirit, whom we would receive, who will live inside of us. So the Holy Spirit is, isn't just like a capsule trapped in your body. It's more like your body becomes a flood line for the presence of God to come from the kingdom of heaven through in you, filling you, and released out of you. So you're a conduit, you're a pipeline for the presence of God. Um, even in our schooling, we learned that we're, in a sense, well, the Bible says that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, that your body is a temple of the Spirit of God. So a temple would have an entrance, right? A place to come in and out. You are, in a sense, a gateway for the presence of God to, to flow from you out. We've talked about this lots of times. I won't go into the whole thing of shifting atmospheres, but I, I do love this reminder to tell myself and to tell everyone I can when this comes up, comes up that you and I are designed by God not to be like a thermometer. What does a thermometer do? It reads the temperature of the atmosphere around it, outside, inside, wherever it's at. And it changes, it fluctuates based on what's going on around. But you and I were not designed by God to be reactionary, to be reacting to the devil, reacting to people, reacting to stuff that's going on around us. God has a plan for you and I that we would, we would grow and, and learn how to be more like a thermostat. That you would be the one that shifts the atmosphere of the room because of who is inside of you, who you carry inside of you. So you carry the presence of God and you walk into a room where there's chaos. You have the authority of heaven. Jesus said, all authority has been given to me, therefore go. We go carrying Jesus and we go in his authority and we have his power and authority, his authority and the power of the Holy Spirit inside of us to shift things in the spiritual atmosphere and in the natural atmosphere. Jesus took control over wind and waves. He commanded the wind and waves to die down and they obeyed him. He, he spoke to a fig tree that was bearing no fruit and he, he commanded it to wither and die and it did. There's power in your words, and as a Christian, when you carry the Holy Spirit and the authority of Jesus on your life, inside of you, and on you, your words are powerful. You can go into a place and release healing over a body that's broken. Now, these are things that we have to grow in and, and uh, learn, learn to express, learn to walk those things out. Most Christians don't become a newborn Christian and automatically just lay hands on the sick and see instant results. Some do, but most of us in our, in our experience have to practice our faith. We have to take risks, learn how to 
learn how to do all of this stuff because there is a learning curve. We have to learn how to flow with the Holy Spirit. We have to learn how to hear the voice of God. We have to learn how to be led by the Spirit of God to know what to do and what to say in those situations where there's chaos or whatever going on around us. Jesus even said, don't cast pearls before swine. So you have to figure that out between you and him. What's a swine? Who do I, do I not, you know, dump out the kingdom treasures to just anyone around me? Just go randomly into public places and just preach to every ear that will listen? Or do I train my ear to hear the voice of God and allow him to lead me and direct me in places? To always go about my daily business because it's not all just like a mission. You know, you're not in mission in missionary mode every place you go looking for the next person to get saved. That'd be kind of cool if you and I were like that, but God designed this to work with the normal flow of our lives. You're cooking, you're cleaning, you're shopping, you're schooling, your workplace, your interaction with your neighbors, with your family. Everything that you and I do in life has the opportunity to be positioned in a way where God can, can speak and influence what we're doing, even in the ordinary tasks, even when you're cleaning the toilet, if that's your thing. In my house, I guess I'm the one that gets to do that, right? Amen. <laughs> whatever your job is, whatever your function is, Holy Spirit is in you. The Father's face is towards you. His presence, his face is towards you. As a son and as a daughter, he is with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. He is for you, not against you. He is for you more than you can ever imagine. And it's, it's his will and it's his desire to walk with you in communion and fellowship, knowing God knows that you have to interact with people in the world around you. He knows that you just can't be in a corner on your knees praying and talking to him all day. You can actually learn how to have a conversation and pray without ceasing. You could be talking to a person next to you and still have this awareness of the presence of God in his voice. Always being willing to turn your ear towards heaven to, to hear what he might have to say in a situation. I believe Emily, for instance, in her workplace, from the stories she shared with me about the interactions with people and the stuff that people end up talking about and sharing their personal stuff and, and the things that, that just kind of come out of you as advice or, or words of encouragement or truth, just speaking truth, you may not always be aware that, that God is actually dropping stuff in you, but I'm sure after the fact, you realize, I think God was like working with me to speak truth because those people are affected. They're affected by those actions, like the, the thing that you did, which I'm not gonna share that, but that was, that was a life-impacting action. I'll just say it. Do you care if I say it? It's not a boast from her. I'm just, it's just one of these spiritual things that happened. She's, her time is short at her job. She put in her eventual leave, and she chose to switch pay, pay grade with a coworker talked to the boss, said, I would like her to have my pay, and I'll take hers. And the girl, <laughs> she was messed up in such a good way. She was so blessed. 
and they know that she's a believer. They know that she's a Christian and their mom and dad lead a church, all that stuff. So that speaks. That wasn't something probably that you just did out of your own nature. I mean, probably in a, in a sense it was, but I think the Holy Spirit was, was prompting you and leading you in, in the gift of generosity because he's the generous one. He's the God who, who gives good gifts freely. And when we do generous acts and deeds towards people, it's an expression of him. It's an expression of his heart. Just like when we reach out and encourage someone or touch them, you know, yeah, you might have a, a kind nature and just, you just a people person left to, you know, just prop people up and encourage them. But when you're doing that as a Christian, you're expressing his heart. You're expressing his nature. Everywhere you and I go, we express his character and a facet of who he is. We represent God everywhere we go. That's why it's so important that we pay attention to the things in life that pull us away from God, the things that pull our attention away from, from fellowship with him, because when we're not in deep communion with the Lord, we begin to distance ourselves in our thinking and in our heart, even though he's still with you. We, we have the opportunity to distance ourselves from God and, and start to, our hearts can get hardened. It's kind of like the speaker inside of you that is cranked up to hear God's voice as we do things that are just kind of not really becoming of Christians. It's kind of like every time we turn the volume down more and more and we hear his voice less and less. Chris Vallotton said this morning, we were listening to his message, I would encourage you to listen to the Bethel preach from this morning by Chris Vallotton. Even Ethan was like looking at the TV laughing. It was very moving. Chris said, it's like death by a thousand cuts. It's these little things. It's not like one big event and it just you know, pulls you away from God. It's death by a thousand cuts. It's these little things that we can allow to creep in. And it's like, it's like putting your heart in front of not the fire of God, but in the fires of the world, the flesh, the pleasures of the world. And it, in that fire of, of the world starts to harden the heart. You know, the heart is like clay. The good news is if your heart becomes hardened like clay, God is mighty and powerful and gracious, and he can, he can soften our hearts. He can soften us. I'm not going to go over the announcement things. Or do you think I should? Okay. That would be a good point to start praying right now. But I'll just, I'll just kind of ease us out of that conversation, and we'll get going forward here. God is good and gracious. He loves you. He loves me. He loves all of us. And it's, he's a good daddy. He's a good father. And he is so kind and patient with us that when our hearts do get hardened, all we have to do is turn. Just turn towards him. Just do a 180. Turn around. 180? Yeah, just half turn. 360, you'd be facing the same direction. So anyway, okay. So yeah, we just have to turn towards him. That's what repentance is. You know, the Bible, when it says to repent, it actually doesn't mean to fall on your knees and cry over how bad you've been. Tears may fall about your sorrow of, of your condition. That's okay. 
You know, a broken and contrite heart, God will never despise. But true repentance isn't falling on your knees begging God for forgiveness. True repentance is changing. Well, the Bible says repentance, that word repentance is to change the way you think. To turn around, basically to change your your thinking from going away from God to turning your thinking towards God. We take our eyes off of the things of the world and we turn our eyes towards Jesus. Repentance is putting the past behind. Amen? We put the past behind and we fix our eyes on Jesus and start walking forward because he is not expecting you and me to do a whole bunch of obstacles and jumping through hoops, over hurdles, do all of these rituals and make yourself perfect before you can come to him. No. He just wants you to lock eyes with him because he's made provision. He has made provision for you and me to resume. It doesn't take but a second to resume walking with him. Repentance, just turn towards him, lock eyes, admit your sin, admit your failures. He's faithful and just to forgive every sin. You don't have to beg for it. In fact, the work has already been done on the cross. Father, we just we look forward to just worshiping you tonight, looking into your eyes, hearing your voice. Yes, just have your way tonight, Father. God, we just lay everything down at your feet. God, you are in control of everything. Nothing slips past you. God, we thank you that you are God and that you are in control. So God, we just lay ourselves down abandoned to you tonight as we worship you. I just really wanted to take communion kind of like how I would if I was by myself in the room. sins. You carried the weight of our sins upon yourself. 
was by your stripes that we are healed. It's through your blood that we are atoned for. Our sins are covered. We thank you, Jesus. Just tell them thank you in your own words tonight, guys. Just have an interaction with him right now. Jesus, I love you. Brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. So Lord, we recognize in that scripture that Holy Spirit, you have been released and given to each one of us, that you, by your by the Spirit, that you, Holy Spirit, would empower us to put to death sin in our lives. And as we hold the cup and the bread, we thank you, Jesus, that the price was paid for us to receive Holy Spirit to live inside of us. And it's by the Spirit we put to death the misdeeds of the body, say we just speak death to the things that need to die and life to the things that need to come alive second corinthians chapter 4 beginning at verse 7 we are like common clay jars that carry this glorious treasure within so that this immeasurable power immeasurable power will be seen as God's and not ours. Though we experience every kind of pressure, we are not crushed. At times we don't know what to do, but quitting is not an option. But quitting is not an option. We are persecuted by others, but God has not forsaken us. We may be knocked down, but not out. We continually share in the death of Jesus in our own bodies so that the resurrection of life of Jesus will be revealed through our humanity. Verse 11, we consider living to mean that we are constantly being handed over to death for Jesus' sake so that the life of Jesus will be revealed through our humanity. So then death is at work in us, but it releases life in you. So Jesus, we recognize through these symbols, the cup and the bread, that we are receiving inside of ourselves a uniting. We are uniting ourselves with you and your death so that your life can come through. Join ourselves on the cross, Lord Jesus, with you. And we say we recognize that the, the old nature, the old sinful nature 
has been disempowered. It has been crucified, dead and buried with you on the cross so that we may now live a resurrection life full of your power, full of your holiness, full of your grace, walking in truth. First Peter chapter two, when he was verbally abused, he did not return with an insult. When he suffered, he would not threaten retaliation. Jesus faithfully entrusted himself into the hands of God who judges righteously. He himself carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we would be dead to sin and live for righteousness. Our instant healing flowed from his wounding. You were like sheep that continually wandered away, but now, now you have returned to the true shepherd of your lives, the kind guardian who lovingly watches over your souls. So as we prepare to take this, here's our final instructions. <clears throat> For 1 Corinthians chapter 11, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So we take this bread now in remembrance of Jesus. Jesus. The victory was won and we stand 
in you, Jesus. We stand in your victory. And we drink this in your name. Thank you, Lord. If anyone wants to come up and receive prayer, I'm not going to worry about getting to the airport. I know we'll make it on time. I don't want to rush through this. But if anyone wants prayer, we can just come together as family and, uh, and just stand with each other. So if you're here for prayer, if you want to receive prayer, just come on up to the middle. And we'll take the last little bit of our time and just bless each other and pray for one another. Thank you. 